0: Welcome, everyone, to Kingdom Rock Radio. We pray that you will enjoy today's message. Now, here is a sample of what you'll be hearing today. We don't want to have that, that Santa Claus syndrome. You've heard about that, the Santa Claus syndrome. Yeah, when you only seek relation or talk about when it's time for you to receive a gift, when it's time for you to receive what you want. Other than that, you have no need for them. Or we can say it's like the spare tire syndrome. You don't even know you have a spare tire in the car until you have a flat. Well, that's not what the father wants. He wants us to have a relationship with him. Kingdom Rock Radio is an outreach ministry of Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center, located right here in Bremen, Georgia. You can connect with us at our website at www.kingdomrock.org. And now, here is today's message. Well, hello everybody. Welcome once again to another Bible study adventure right here at Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center. Thank you so much for, your, for, for viewing and for listening from wherever you are all around the world. We just appreciate you so very much. Thank you so much for your wonderful comments and your and your prayer requests. We are praying with you. You can believe that. And remember, if you haven't given us your prayer requests or sent, it, or sent in a comment before, just go to our website at KingdomRock.org. There you'll find at the top right-hand corner of the screen, you will find the uh, contact button. And so just put in your prayer requests right there and we'll be glad to pray with you or your comments, questions, we'll be glad to answer. All right, Uh, as you know, we've been in a series entitled, The Miracle Man, Jesus is the Miracle Man. And we've been talking about the miracles of the Lord Jesus Christ as written here in the book of John, uh, and this is, this has just been phenomenal. This is part number five of the series, and I pray that you are that you are, and that you have been richly blessed. And so I'm I'm really happy and joyful to get into today's message, and I hope that you are too. Amen. Yay! We have a great time. All right, uh, our journey today starts uh, once again, book of John, the sixth chapter now, uh, John six. And we're going to look at the miracle of when Jesus divided the uh, fishes and the loaves. And we're going to see what happens here and how to glean out these promises and truths. Remember, it is our prayer during this series that as we discover uh, and as we uncover or discover or learn about the miracles of Christ Jesus and what he did and how people received them, that will be just that much closer to receiving our miracles as well. But not only receiving miracles from the Lord, but also I believe that He will use you and me to work His miracles in the lives of others. And I believe we'll see some of that today, how God will use you and me, use us uh, to do His work in the earth today. So it's, it's just phenomenal. So let's go ahead and start reading here. We're gonna read uh, John the sixth chapter verses one through 15. And uh, we'll talk more about it as we go on, okay? So let's start here. It reads like this. John 6, verses 1 through 15. After these things, Jesus went over the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias. And a great multitude followed him, because they saw his miracles, which he did on them that were diseased. And Jesus went up into a mountain, and there he sat with his disciples. And the Passover, a feast of the Jews, was nigh. When Jesus lifted up his eyes, and saw a great company come unto him, he saith unto Philip, Whence shall we buy bread, that these may eat? And this he said to prove him, for he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered him, 200 penny worth of bread is not sufficient for them that every one of them may take a little one of his disciples andrew simon peter's brother saith unto him there is a lad here which hath five barley loaves and two small fishes but what are they among so many and jesus said make Make the men sit down." down now there was much grass in the place so the men sat down in number about five thousand. And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed to the disciples, and the disciples to them that were sat down, and likewise of the fishes as much as they would. When they were filled, he said unto his disciples, Gather up the fragments that remain, that nothing be lost. Therefore they gathered them together, and filled twelve baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves, which remained over and above unto them that had eaten. Then those men, when they had seen the miracle that Jesus did, said, This is of a truth that prophet that should come into the world. When Jesus therefore perceived that they would come and take him by force to make him a king, he departed again into a mountain himself alone. Awesome. 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 All right. Now we went through that verses one through 15, because I really want to show you a great bit of this. Now, uh, in your personal Bible time and devotion, go ahead and listen to the entire, listen to, or read the entire book of John, the sixth chapter, because really here in John, the sixth chapter, there's one phenomenal verse. One of my favorite verses, um, in the entire book of John, actually in the, I the entire Bible, uh, John six six six, I say favorite in the fact that it's so prophetic. John 6, chapter, verse 66 is when people began to leave Jesus, because he had more than just 12 disciples. And many of the, his disciples, after he began to talk about eating of his flesh and drinking of his blood, he, he said, because my flesh is meat indeed, my blood is drink indeed, They heard that word and then they began to leave, but the 12 remained with him. The 12. Now that's, that's very important. So we're going to see that here. All of this is so prophetic, but John 6, 6, 6, it's it's amazing. The day when man begins to depart from Christ, Mm. or we can say it's that divine filter who is really with Christ and who is not. John 6, 6, 6, you know, and it's, It's amazing also that in the last days in the book of Revelation, we see that those who would deny Christ, uh, and go with the devil, they will take the mark of the beast. What is the mark? Six, 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 the day or the number that people will, uh, that, um, people will deny Christ and follow after the enemy and follow after Jesus. No more interesting, isn't it? That number. Wow. right so let's go back up to verse number one and i want to show you a great number of things here this whole chapter is so powerful we may have to go into a part two i don't know but we'll just try it out all right so let's look at verse one again it says after these things jesus went uh went over the sea of galilee which is the sea of tiberias look at verse number two it says no Let me me stop there in verse one. It says, after these things, after these things, what things? Remember, we're in chapter six now, chapter five. We were just talking about the man at the pool of Bethesda who was miraculously healed. Remember, he was waiting there for 38 years for a miracle and a whole lot of other people, maybe hundreds or thousands of people that were waiting on the troubling of the water to get their miracles. Right. And so he healed that man. And then the Lord was just about immediately persecuted by the uh, religious leaders for healing on the Sabbath day, right? This man's carrying his bed on Sabbath day. So verse one here in chapter six starts off with, after these things, after these things, after what Jesus just did there. All right, same time, same time. All right, so now let's look over, look at verse two. And it says, and a great multitude followed him, followed him from where? from those miracles there at the Pool of Bethesda. They were just following him, all right? Look at it. It says, and a great multitude followed him because they saw the miracles which he did to them that were diseased. And of course, that tells us, um, that tells us that the Lord Jesus healed many more people than just that man that was there at the Pool of Bethesda for 38 years. So when Jesus healed him, all of the others that were around that pool saw the work. They saw the work and they came to have faith in Jesus. And they were unstuck from having faith in the method, faith in the pool. Now they all look to him. Well, after they, he saw, they saw what Jesus did again to this man at the pool of Bethesda for 38 years. Then they received their miracle. And then of course they, other people began to follow him after having seen these miracles, and I would too. Obviously, God is working with this man. The power and presence of God is on him mightily. Let's go after him. He has something we need. So again, verse two, it says, and a great multitude followed him because they saw his miracles, which he did on them that were diseased. Awesome. Look at verse number three. And Jesus went up into a mountain, highly prophetic, Jesus went up into a mountain, and there he sat with his disciples. Verse 4, and the Passover, a feast of the Jews was nigh. All right, so we said in verse 5 that the feast there, probably many um, Bible commentators or theologians say that um, in chapter 5, that the feast, although it's not mentioned, the feast there is probably Passover. Well, this is about the same time here because after those days or after these things, the Bible starts in verse number one, right? John six, one. So we're still in that same Passover, a Passover season. All right, so the Passover is nigh. We're in that season right now. And Jesus goes up into a mountain, highly prophetic once again. He goes into a mountain with his disciples and he sits down, right? Let's look at verse number three again. And Jesus went up into a mountain and there he sat with his disciples. Now, this is very powerful because you see the same scene of what God the Father did to the children of Israel there in the wilderness, how his presence was seen upon the mountain, and those who were ministering to him or those who were were receiving his word, at that time it was Moses, went up into the mountain with him. Now, here is God the Son, Jesus Christ, also sitting in a mountain and his disciples, those who would hear his word and give his word to his people, are there with him on the mountain. Oh, this is so awesome. Now, we've just read this, so you know that the Lord is about to supply the needs of his people and he's about to multiply the fish and the loaves, bread. He's about about to give them bread and meat. And that's exactly what he did in the Old Testament, didn't he, how God rang down manna right, B- bread, and, uh, and, he's, and he mailed um, sit down quail, meat, right, for his people to eat. And the same thing here, as in the Old Testament, the father uh, was a shepherd and he led his people and he fed them. Jesus, of course, here, sitting in the mountain, about also to feed his people. And where, where are they about to sit? The Bible says that they sat on green grass, so they sat in the grass. Well, what happens there at Psalm 23, right? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want he maketh me to lie down in green pastures. Why does he do that? To feed them. And what is he doing here? He's having them to sit down so he can feed them. This is wonderful. This is wonderful. The Lord continually shows himself as the good shepherd. And this is just, just so awesome. He takes care of them and he will take care of you. All right, so there are so many parallels. It's unreal in this unreal. So let's look at verse number five now. Verse five says, when Jesus then lifted up his eyes and saw a great company come unto him, he said unto Philip, when shall we buy that these may eat? One more time. whence shall we buy bread? When shall we buy bread that these may eat? The question is where can we, whence is where? Where can we buy bread that, that these people would eat? Jesus is saying here, uh, in, in essence, hey, I want to buy everybody lunch. Where can we get it? Philip, where can we get it? All right, so that's the question on the table. But I want, you, I want you to see some other things, too, before we go into that. Now, Jesus saw the need of the people before they expressed it to him. Right? He saw they, they're hungry. Uh, they need something to eat. He saw the need and he immediately after he sees the need, knows of the need, begins to plan for it before they even ask. He begins to take, um, he begins to make plans and he begins to coordinate with his disciples, coordinate with those that are in his presence, those that are hearing from from him how to meet the needs of the people. In other words, I love what the Bible also says here uh, in let me see if I can find it here. Yes, and Matthew, the sixth chapter. Look at this, Matthew six, verses seven and eight. Look at this, it says, the Lord taught, giving them instruction about how to pray. He says, but when ye pray, use not vain repetition as the heathens do, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. Look at verse eight, for rather verse eight, be not ye therefore like unto them. For your father knoweth what things you have need of before you ask him. Isn't that awesome? So Jesus already knew that there was a need and he already was making plans and he already knew how he would meet the need before the people asked. We can say that see that same thing there in the book of Genesis, right? With Adam and Eve. Before Adam knew that he had a need, God already knew it. He said, it's not good that man should, should be alone. He said, I'll make him help me. Now this is Adam, before Adam knew of the need, the father already knew the need and already had a plan for it. Adam just had to keep on walking, stay in the father's will, and he, and he would find the need uh, would be met. And that's really what we've got to do as well. Just stay in the Father's will. The Father knows what you have need of before you ask him. Yet and still, many times he tells us to ask. But don't think that our asking is making him aware of it. He already knows. He just wants us to interact with him. And many times I find that when we're at the point of our need, that's when we really begin to talk to God. I found that when, uh, many times over the years when when people came into the church or uh, came into my life and they said, hey, I need a job, I need a job, I need a job, please help me pray that I would get a job. Up until that point, they were very faithful in the church, they were very faithful in seeking the face of God. The moment they got that job, you hardly saw them anymore. And that's a a sad testimony many times uh, that the only time that we'll seek God is when we need something. And when the something has been met, we have no more need. We don't want to have that that Santa Claus syndrome. You've heard about that, the Santa Claus syndrome. Yeah. When you only seek relation or talk about when it's time for you to receive a gift, when it's time for you to receive what you want. Other than that, you have no need for them. Or we can say it's like the spare tire syndrome. You don't even know you have a spare tire in the car until you have a flat. Well, that's not what the father wants. He wants us to have a relationship with him. And really, as we continue to stay in his will and stay in his presence, we'll find that every need will always be met. That He always meets our needs, and it is thrilling because he is, once again, the, the good shepherd and we shall not want. This is awesome. All right, so let's go on a little bit further here. I want you to see this as well. Jesus asked them, them the question, asked Philip the question, Uh, Where can we buy this bread? I want to buy everybody, everybody some lunch. And he says in verse number six, this he said to prove him, uh, for he himself knew what he would do. Proving here means testing. He tested him. And when do you, when do you test something? To know the strength of it or to find its limits, to know its ability and capacity. Now, Jesus, of course, already knew uh, Philip's limits here, but Philip did not know. He was testing not only Philip, but also the disciples. Have you reached the end of your limit? Do you, have you reached the end of it? Now, remember, this was a very key fact there in the last miracle at the Pool of Bethesda. At the number, remember, he was there for 38 years. 38 meaning the end of human strength, right? You've lost your ability to fight, lost your ability to war. Hey, God comes in, God steps in. And many times the Lord will step in at that time because if if we receive the miracle before then we'll think it was us and it becomes a thing of pride well I did this I did this and I did that you know and it and it never goes well so the lord here testing testing or proving them wanting them to realize you don't have what it takes to meet this need this need is going to have to be met from above from father he's going to have to do this and that really that's one one miracle we can say tonight, or one way we can uh, really glean out the truth of this, as we saw on last time, when, we ha- when we're at the point of desperation, you'll see the power of God revealed. When we're at the point of desperation, you will see the power of God revealed. But if you still have another plan, let's try this, let's try that. By all means, go ahead and do it. Uh, do all that you can do to stand. But many times when we're at that point of desperation, when we cannot do any anything else, that's when we begin to turn to the Lord and we will see him answer in big ways. All right. Our time is almost gone tonight. Let's go. We're going to have to go into a part two, but let's go a little bit further tonight. Let's see what else we can glean out tonight. And so uh, Philip answers here in verse number seven. Philip answered him. Two hundred pennyworth of bread is not sufficient for them that every one of them may take a little. Now, 200 penny worth really talked about two months of salary of a common man, common laborer, two months of salary. Think about you on your job for two months, and, you've, and maybe you get paid every two weeks, or maybe you get paid once a month. You take that. Don't, don't pay anybody anything. Just take that entire amount of money, he said, uh, that's still not enough to make, this, to make this happen. And if we did do it, everybody would just get a little. They would not be fully satisfied. In other words, again, we don't have what's needed to meet this need. We don't have it, Lord. I'm, that's it. I can't, I can't do this. So as we begin to close, because, yes, we're going to have to go into a part two of this. This is so thrilling. They were saying, Lord, I don't have this. I don't have the patience, we can say, I don't have the money, I don't have the resources, I don't have the education, I don't have what it takes to meet this great need. I'm not sure I'm not sure what great need you have in your life right now, the thing that you are facing, the deficit that you are facing right now at this moment. But I can tell you this, that as we give God what we have, and we're gonna see this in scripture, as we give the Lord what we have, because, when Jesus brought forth this bread and, and the, this miracle of bread and, and fish, he didn't manifest it from another place or get it from other areas. No, he simply multiplied what they already had. He took what they already had and he made it greater. He took their skills, we can say this, their skills, their gifts, their abilities, what they already had, and he multiplied it. He duplicated it over and over and over. In other words, he doubled, tripled, quadrupled their impact. And that's what we'll see here. And that's the word I believe that I'm meant to give you tonight as we close out here. You may be facing a deficit of different things in your life uh, in ministry or in business or in relationship. And you wonder, how can I get from A to B because I just don't have what it takes. I just don't have it. Well, instead of getting frustrated, realize that your strength is not the end of the story, that there is more resources, hidden resources within the kingdom of heaven, within Christ, that we need to just simply pull on because the resources are there. Jesus, of course, is a resource. He's one that we can pull on and pull from. And of course, we serve the Lord. Remember, the Lord told us that he is the vine. Well, he said the father is the husbandman or the gardener and that Jesus, he is the vine and we are the branches. Well, in that type of relationship where Jesus is the vine or he's the trunk of the tree and we are the branches, we can pull from him. We can pull from him. Remember, the Lord told us to ask, and you will receive. He said, knock and the door would be opened. He said, seek and you will find. So he's saying that we have access into heavenly resources as we ask. He told us there also in Matthew, the sixth chapter, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. There are hidden resources available to you and I the favor of God is available uh, to you and I, and he's ready and willing to supply whatever is needed. We just simply have to seek his face, realize that we've come to the end of our strength. And when you do that, you realize that his strength is readily available. That brings to mind just one of the scripture where where the apostle realizes that in his weakness, is God's strength made perfect. That's what we're gonna find out here tonight uh, as we go into a part two just shortly, or actually on next week. So I hope that you enjoyed uh, the Bible study tonight. I did, I felt like we just really just got started. We didn't really get really into it, but we will on the part two on next week. Now don't forget to go to our website at kingdomrock.org. It's there that you can hear today's message and view the videos and and so much more so check it out today we love you guys and we will see you again on next week all right bye-bye well we pray that you were blessed and encouraged by today's message don't forget you can connect with us at our website at kingdomrock.org it's there that you can hear today's message as well as the entire series so check it out today Until next time, remember that Jesus loves you, and so do we. Choose him as your Lord today, only he can make a way. We'll see you on the next time.